Hello, and welcome to the Box in One podcast, a podcast discussing sports and culture through the lens of the gospel. My name is John Richards, and I'm your co-host today, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Chris Lassiter and Jeremy Hartman. Welcome to episode eight of the Box in One podcast, where today's episode will be discussing the NBA playoffs, the Orlando tragedy. And Show Baraka signing to Humble Beach Record. We're looking forward to getting into these topics. And thanks again for joining us. My name is John Richards, and obviously I'm joined from by my co-host C Lass, aka Chris Lasseter, and Jeremy Hartman, aka J Hart, aka Mixed Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing, man? That's your new nickname. Can you tell the people why I call you mixed chocolate? Um, just because in the group text message today, you know, I thought I'd throw out a little humor and saying that I was quitting my job and spending all my time in my basement working on my handle so I could become a, a street ball legend. So uh, you took that and ran with it. I appreciate it. I might need you on the microphone the next time I go out and play. Oh, I got <laughs> you, man. I got you. Gotta go I might need to get that throwback jersey. Gotta go with mixed chocolate. Fire. That's what's up, man. So we're gonna talk about <laughs> NBA playoffs to head off. And if you unless you were living under a rock last night, you probably saw that Kyrie Irvin and LeBron James combined for eighty-two points to defeat the Dermont the Draymond Green less Golden State Warriors. We wanna talk about that. But we we want to really talk about the LeBron hate. Does this guy deserve all the hate that he gets for being a basketball mammoth? I mean, this guy has gone through so many years of criticism, but he's one of the first guys to step up to talk about social justice issues. He donates money to Boys and Girls Clubs. But somehow (coughs) LeBron has become the villain because somebody else retired who was the villain and now he, they need a new one. <laughs> he was the villain even during that. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Is, Lebr- is the LeBron hate warranted or not? No. Absolutely. I do not understand. Um, I, I can't understand why people hate LeBron and can justify like one small thing that he did that they thought was egotistical and then just ignore all of the great things he does for his community, what he's doing, investing millions of dollars into making sure kids in Akron get a chance to go to college, how he stands up for issues that are important. They had that article today. They had the picture of him with um, the Trayvon Martin hoodie up and the whole Miami Heat team doing that. He's been a great ambassador for the game. He hasn't gotten any trouble off of the court. Um, He's gone back into his community, continued his work, went back to Cleveland, amended the one thing you could criticize him for. Um, Other than just, I mean, playfully, you could joke him for saying, like, it's just time to come home with that hairline. But like anything (laughs) else, I don't understand. I don't understand the criticism. Come on home, LeBron. We need you to come. do it. (laughs) That's the only legitimate criticism. Wow. What about you, Jay Hart? I'm gonna start by saying this. I'm I'm a Kobe guy, all right. Uh, and really? I, I, I love 
I love LeBron's game, um, but I do think he does not necessarily have that vindictive killer in him. Now, I'm not saying he's not a, a beast on the basketball court and he can't, you know, put people away because last night we saw evidence of that. I just think he does it in a different way. Uh, and I think people are so used to seeing our superstars like that just dominate and not, you know, be good teammates. Because as much as I love Kobe, um, I don't think I could sit here and honestly say with a straight face that he was the best teammate. But I think LeBron <laughs> is all about team. <laughs> um, and I, I, the only criticism I have of LeBron right now is the fact that he tried to act like he didn't purposely step over Draymond Green and do what he did. Like, he tried to act like he had no idea what he was doing. I was like, come on, man. You knew exactly what you was doing. And you, you knew exactly what was going to happen after you did it. <laughs> you straight put your package in this man's face. <laughs> right, like I and your boy over like, on the sideline is breaking out in cold sweats. Tyron Lou, like, oh my goodness, I have flashbacks right now. Right. <laughs> and Draymond like, responded like Draymond should have. But did he respond like Draymond, or did he respond like any one of us? Like, if somebody would have done that to us, like, I'm pretty sure I would have flailed my arm too. Like, hold on, man, what you doing? Like. You're not just going to do this and put that on the back <laughs> of my neck like that. <laughs> this I'm is sorry. getting so uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I am not getting another grown man in his nether region. I'm, I don't care how bad it gets, okay? Now, let me talk, let me talk about LeBron hate, okay? Because the jury is still out for me. Now, if LeBron decides that he's going to opt out of this contract this year, or next year? Is it this year or next year? Next year? This year. This year? Then I think yeah, he can I might, opt out this year. I think I might be a hater. I mean, he came back home to win a title. And I think you should stay home till you win that title. Or retire. I don't want him... But I don't think he's going to leave. He has an option, I think too. But I think he's going to opt out so he can get more money. Like, he's got that one plus one deal. Yeah, so I know. it's like... <laughs> the one year and the one player option. Like, I think he's just going to keep doing that until he can get as much money as he can possibly get. I do know one thing though. Kyrie and LeBron bought Kevin Love a one-way ticket out of town last night. Without, with, yeah. I mean, Lo love is like, bears. love is like that relative who comes to stay with you. And you're like, Hey man, um, you need anything? Like you start asking them questions, giving them hints. It's time to go. Like, <laughs> I got the car gas up <laughs> like, like the way LeBron was looking at him last night, I was like, this guy is literally about to impale him on the court. You saying when you make them lunch, it'd be on a to-go plate? Exactly. You put foil on it? When you put foil <laughs> exactly. on it, it, it's time to, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get out of here. So you got to start like listing out your itinerary for the rest of the day. Exactly. <laughs> really just didn't get it. Well, like, look, man, it's been nice having you at two o'clock. I got to be here. The kids got to be here. So I'm going to have to roll. So I guess we just going to all have to roll out right about now. <laughs> exactly. Two points and 30 plus <laughs> minutes, man. He got to go. OK, so I can't even hate on LeBron for, for giving him the silent treatment last night. Because Kevin Love is supposed to be producing so much more. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Did y'all see the missing person poster? 
Nah, yo. Did you get the APV? I saw it. That was put out. I saw the milk carton. For for the one and only MVP, Steph Curry. Where is Steph Curry? Where is he? What's going on with him? Uh, I think he's hanging out with Waldo and Carmen San uh, Carmen San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> wow! No, seriously, like, what's right going now. on? What is happening to the unanimous <laughs> MVP in this series or in the playoffs generally? To where we don't even know if he's the best player on his team right now. I love Steph's game. I love the way he plays. But I'm also flummoxed by the amount of dumb stuff that he does throughout the course of a game that leads to points going the other way. Uh, and I think his shot is so good. He's almost become solely dependent on hitting threes to get himself going. When we all played basketball and we've all known that if your jumper's not falling, what's the first thing you need to try to do to get yourself going? Get a you close need to get to the shot. hole and get to the line. Yeah. And I, I just think <clears throat> I think he needs to stop relying on that. I think he needs to use a little bit of his creativity like Kyrie did and just blow by people and get into the paint and try to get to the line, try to pass the ball out and get himself going. And then step out and shoot. That's mm. the only thing I could think. And they're being physical with him, but he knew it was coming. Like we, I'd do the same thing. Like I'd bump him, hit him as much as I could. But like, dude, you was unanimous MVP. Like this is when, this is when you make your money right here. Like if you want me to buy your shoes, like you need to drive 45 Thursday night and then tell LeBron, I ain't shaking your hand. Like <laughs> I need to see it. <laughs> You talking about the hospital shoes? <laughs> nah, uh, nah, bro. <laughs> oh, they roasted his shoes on Twitter. Why did they do it? Killed them. Killed them. <laughs> oh, that was so it? jacked up. All right. So here's here's my thought. Like I've told you guys this story a million times. We have like Steph's dad played basketball locally around here. So I mean, we love Steph here, but like there's nothing like about his game right now that we aren't saying like, oh, this could never have happened. Like you can make him one dimensional if his shot's not falling. We already knew that. Like this isn't some huge surprise. And to be a hundred percent sure, he is by far the most exciting player on Golden State, but we've never been sure like that he was always the most important player on Golden State because that might be Draymond and it might be Clay. So we we just never knew like um who is gonna if you just I don't I don't know. Like I still love Steph. I still think he's gonna get it done. I think he's gonna get a second ring. I don't know what that does for his legacy because they have two rings and no MVPs more than likely. Um but even with like the Steph criticism, even with the flaming him on the shoes and seeing like them being able to exploit some of just the weaknesses in his game. It doesn't feel like the mockery and the hatred for Steph is anything other than basketball. So back to the LeBron point, it just feels like when people don't like LeBron, it's so much more personal. Hmm. I did you, so with Curry, I think, I mean, he scored 25, struggled and scored 25. But 
we expect more from an MVP. I think we expect those created player on NBA 2K stats like every game from him. And you're just not going to get it from him every game. Especially, I mean, I, I just think that he's playing a step slower, too. I'm not sure what's going on with him. But um, I do... Those interest- shoes! <laughs> <laughs> what are those? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do expect him to at least have one bounce back game in these next two games. And I do still think they're winning six. They're going to win in Cleveland and go back to the house and celebrate in Oakland with your boy E40. <laughs> Not him. Hey. Oh my goodness. Hey, sprinkle me, man. Sprinkle <laughs> me, man. No. Sprinkle me. <laughs> sprinkling champagne. Oh if man. Worse, if you're a Cleveland fan, is that worse? Would you have rather lost game five and not have that eighty two point game from your two stars? Is it worse to leave in believe like to lose another game in Believe Land? Isn't that worse? Give me hope. I I, I take hope anytime. And if that means a game six loss, then I, I just got to have that hope because I'm in the building. We're in Cleveland and we're supporting our team and our stars. So you'd rather win game six and lose game seven is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So on Saturday night, early Sunday morning, there was a gentleman who walked into a, an Orlando nightclub uh, called Pulse with an assault rifle, legally obtained assault rifle, and shot and killed 49 people and 53 other people were wounded. Obviously, there were a a bunch of internet um, commentaries about what happened there, and it was just sort of the perfect storm of political and social issues that caused people to go off on all types of tangents. From everything to the LGBT community, to um, gun gun control laws, to uh, Islam and Muslims, um, since the gentleman was said to have um, had some ISIS commitment. Uh, So, you know, as Christians, when, when we reflect on things like this, and a lot of Christians have reflected on it, some good, some bad, some ugly. Um, how do we do it in a way that continues to honor Christ, um, but also make sure that we um, see the um, the tragedy that takes place in people's lives, even if we disagree with, you know, who they are and lifestyles that they may live, um, and and have that commitment to mourning with a community that we might not even necessarily agree with. What do you guys think? <coughs> Uh, So I think um, chief of everything that happened, um, like if you had to say like what grieves you the most, I'm going sanctity of life issue Um, because they're image bearers of God. And um, even if they choose a lifestyle that isn't aligned with the gospel we believe, um, they're still made in God's image. And so they have like inherent dignity and just to disagree and feel like that gives you the right to play God in that instance mm. um, is heartbreaking. And um, so we do mourn with those who mourn in that scenario. Um, 
And so um, just like you, John, uh, Jay, I've been trying to just give it a lot of thought is like, what does it mean to live out the gospel? Like, do I have the answer to um, how like the the age old chicken and egg question, like if you if the like if you legislate more gun laws, does that mean like bad guys are going to give up guns? What does that mean? You just don't legislate gun laws and you let people like run rampant with whatever type of legally um, I, um, whatever type of guns you can get legally. Um, there are um, <clears throat> a lot of issues. So as I'm thinking, like I'm just kind of watching how people are talking and what I really want to be is just a gentle voice will come in and say like, <laughs> so my man put this on social media the other day and um, he's a good, good friend, not a believer at all. And he says, the next person I see um, try to like take a stance against homosexuality um, with a passage from Leviticus, I promise I'm going to slap you with a pork chop. <laughs> wow. So, um, so like I caught the irony in what he was saying, but like, don't people like deserve an answer to say like, <clears throat> you guys say you believe that the whole word of God is inspired. Like, why do you guys say you can eat pork chops in one version and you you can't in another version and sit down and walk people through like um, how God like lived out that covenant with different covenant people at different times in the Bible and the difference in how we approach um, the old and new covenants, but still find it all inspired. So I've just been trying to like have a listening ear, um, a soft heart and look for opportunities to take it beyond social media and these conversations and like engage people with the gospel. The first thing I've really tried to do with this is to filter and really monitor um, what news reports and what media outlets I read stuff from. Um, and just over the years, I feel like you get so many different versions of events from so many different media outlets that I don't want my vision to be skewed based on what somebody has, you know, supposedly seen or heard or reported. Um, so I've tried to kind of stay away with that and just really, you know, focus on the main details of what happened. And <clears throat> my thought is as Christians, like we got to love people. Like that doesn't mean we, you know, agree with them or their lifestyle choices, but um, it hurts my heart like that another person, um, you know, would be killed. Like their life would be taken from them. And then even so with that, like, it grieves me thinking like that person may have never heard the gospel or heard it and rejected it. Um, so from that standpoint, I almost feel like, wow, like that, that hurts me more mm -hmm. than anything. Um, just that the opportunity may have been there and it passed. Um, and it, I also look at it like I try not to look at it through a lens of like, okay, it was a Muslim shooter or, it was, you know, it was at a, a gay club and the homosexuality aspect. Like, man, I'm just looking at it from like a people standpoint, like all throughout scripture, like Christ loved people. Like it didn't matter what background, like if, uh, if you were a tax collector, Gentile, Jew, like he just loved people and he was genuine in that love. And that drew people to him. Um, so even like in situations like this and, 
You know, I still have friends that, you know, live a homosexual lifestyle. You know, I still know people that are, you know, believing Muslims. Um, you know, we, we agree to disagree on certain things, but like, I still have love for them. And it grieves me that anybody would lose a life, um, over something, uh, like this and you know the amount of hatred that one must have in order to do something of this magnitude it just it really grieves me and hurts my heart one of the things that i try to do when stuff like this happens is is try to take the anti-media approach because the first thing first thing when stuff like this happens is that the media does is try to figure out who was the shooter Mm -hmm. and my question always is who are those who lost their lives? Like, who were these people who innocently lost their lives and want to make sure that the narrative there um, makes everybody understand that this isn't really a political conversation we need to be having. This is a lamenting conversation that needs to happen. Obviously, we're not, we're not, we're not definitely not expecting news media to do it, but I am expecting the Christian community to do it. And I think a lot of the times, especially, you know, even us involved in social media, like first the report, it's like, hey, I tweet about this before anybody else did, or I did a status update on this before anybody else did without listening first or checking out and seeing who are the people who lost their lives, who are their families who are mourning and how can I pray for them? So that was kind of my response was, I don't, I, I don't want to say I don't care who the shooter was because obviously also he was made in the image of God. Um, and it's, it's sad that he, he even lost his life in this tragedy, but lost in all of that is the fact that these were real people um, who experienced the loss, the ultimate loss which is the loss of life. Um, and, and in that, we should mourn. And we should mourn with them, regardless of who they are, what they're doing. And one of the great stories that I saw out of this was on a Sunday, the, the Orlando Chick-fil-A opened to serve people who were donating blood. Chick-fil-A, who's been involved in a lot of LGBT questionable issues in, in terms of having battles back and forth with them, but they um, emulated the heartbeat of not only their founder, but the gospel, which was to serve people who are hurting. And uh, that was encouraging to me. And I really appreciated seeing that they were like, I know we're supposed to be closed on Sunday, but they're hurting people who need this um, right now. Right. Chick-fil-A always gets it right, man. I don't know how they do it. They just stay winning. So Always winning. And speaking of winning, we got to talk about Humble Beast Records, who have signed officially Show Baraka to the label, adding to an already all-star cast. They're like the, they're like the dream team. They're putting together a little dream team over there uh, on the West Coast in the Pacific Northwest. So now they have Show Baraka, Jackie Hill Perry, Odd Thomas, Propaganda, Braille, Jay Givens. And, um, you know, I just want to kind of throw this out here for all of my Reach Record friends. 
<clears throat> Jay Hart. Um, <laughs> I I kind of think that their squad is a little bit better than the Reach Record squad. What about what do you think? I know what you think, but you ca- you got to tell me why the Reach Record squad is better than the Humble Bee squad right now. Hey, hey, look, LeBron, you ain't gonna goad me into getting suspended, all right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, honestly, and I love the folks at Reach, um, but I also feel like sometimes it's it's time for a new a new group or a new set of people to kind of rise up and take, you know, the Christian hip hop mantle or you know the hip hop artists who are Christians um, <laughs> to the next level. So like, I don't want to get it confused. Like, I don't want Lecrae to come at me. Or Andy Minio to come at me for what I just said. So, um, you know, I'm not going to argue with you one way or another. Like, at this point in my life, like, I'm kind of done, like, arguing who's better, Jay-Z or Nas. Like, um, I, I'm just, I want to hear good music. I want to listen to artists who love the Lord and, uh, you know, who speak on, on topics that I think are relevant to the culture. Um, and I love show too. So, you know, I don't know. I don't care, man. Like, man, I'm you, not just, gonna have this you just basically deflated my ahead. entire argument. He was like, no, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> I don't argue with fools you, anymore. I'm, I'm about to be 40. <laughs> Jay. What? <laughs> Jay, how many kids you got? What? <laughs> Jay Hart. I got two. Yeah, got? I got, I got two. Right. Jay Rich, how many kids you got? I got two. How much them Humble Beast albums cost? For the free. Free 99. They free. Free 99. Yes. <laughs> On the yes. low low. <laughs> that ends the argument. <laughs> argument over. I don't even have to talk about lyricism, propaganda, Jay Givens, Jackie Hill Perry. Look, yo, Lecrae, them church clothes mixtapes used to be free. So I seen the church clothes three come out. And then I was like, well, I'm going to just wait till it's free because certainly it's going to be free on something sooner or later. But your boy's still over here waiting. So free wins every time. As and long then, as you ain't spitting that heresy. And then they connect it with like this social justice movement that they have going on, which is great. I mean, it's like the art supports the work of the gospel, of what they're doing. Not saying that Reach doesn't, but it's, it's a great model. I mean, they're putting out music and giving it away for free. Obviously, you can buy it, but it's good music. Like great music, love those. Yeah, I think guys. it's great music. I wasn't able to like pull Jay Hart into an argument. Apparently, he's more mature than I am. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that he understood no. that I thought that this squad was better than the Reach Record squad. So it's all good. But you know hey, what? I just... will say this in closing. I, you know, I think people are looking for fresh voices like Reach has been around for so long. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that everything has a shelf life. Uh, and I think, you know, like when cross movement was out, everybody loved cross movement. But then it got to a certain point where, like, we were looking for something fresh and something new. I still love Reach kind of filled. <laughs> Reach kind of filled the void. So, like, I think people are looking now too, like, who's going to fill that void? Like, Reach is great. But we need a new voice, and uh, humble me, humble beast might be that voice. Gavi, Gavi, about to come out with the Reach album. It's about to be—he about to be the Christian Kanye. He gonna be the producer. He made all the beats. 
Now he's putting out his own album. So oh, really? See what that is. We'll see. I might have to spit some bars. Go ahead, spit some for us now. Psych. So, <laughs> um, we we want to move into our segment, our weekly segment called "Sorry We Missed That," which basically um, are stories that we missed that probably happened either before this podcast went down or before any of us had cell phones. Um, I want to make sure that we. Um, Hop into topics that might have been hot topics for podcasts that we might have just missed. And this one um, is a pretty cool story because we followed this for many, many years. And uh, this gentleman has been fighting for his daughter for a very long time. Devin Steele is a uh, professional football player who played for the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not sure if he's still on the squad or not, but while he was with the Bengals, um, his daughter um, had cancer and, uh, you know, he started kind of this campaign, this awareness campaign uh, called Leah Strong to, uh, you know, support his daughter, to encourage his daughter. Um, it's a great campaign. Everybody hopped in. Uh, ESPN anchors, including Steve, um, Scott Van Pelt, uh, bought jerseys um, to, uh, to a lot of proceeds that go to good causes. So it was a cause that just really brought people together and galvanized people. So I just wanted to get you guys' reflection on, you know, the Devin Steele story and just the importance of community coming together to support, you know, causes like this. Yeah. Well, I really, um, and John, you know, usually I try to send you something that's just funny that happened in the past uh, that we can kind of touch on and say, hey, this would have been funny if we'd have been podcast and then this would have been great we'd had a lot of fun with this this one i say let's take it a little bit more serious uh because as we all watched the leah strong and we watched scott van pelt found a little league program and bought all of the kids jerseys and the proceeds went to that foundation um so this week we have watched um a little kid in our community my cousin's um son he fought his good fight um, with cancer, and at three years old, he died. And at the time of this podcast, tomorrow at 11, we'll be heading to, or 2 p.m. tomorrow, we'll be uh, heading toward his funeral. So um, it was a Brady Strong campaign that was very much like the Leah Strong campaign. And for 18 months, our community's just kind of been there with him in this. It's been heartbreaking. Um, for Brooke and Ryan, the parents, and our community's just been trying to stand beside them. But mm. um, kind of what I just wanted to say is, like, if you know someone in that struggle, it is so real. And use all of your creativity to support them. Um, use whatever finances you can to support them. Use your ministry of presence to support them, be with them as much as you can. And so I just thought that was fitting. I just remembered um, the the Devin piece and thought that'd be timely to touch on in light of what's kind of going on in our community. As a matter of fact, we were at the friends and family thing, Jay Hart. I think I saw your wife there tonight. So she was. it's just been tough for our whole community. Mm. Wow. Wow. And and little you know, Braden was was three years old. He was three. Hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, my wife and I, 
Um, and my wife was there tonight, Chris. Um, you know, we lost our middle child in 2007. And I, I can honestly say, like, this is it's a pain that I would not wish on anybody. Um, there's just a, an enormous hole in your heart uh, that I don't think can ever be filled. Only the grace and love of God can fill that hole. Um, and one of the things that Aaron and I have always, you know, in situations like this, like we remember very, very, very distinctly um, what that feeling is. And we made it kind of, you know, our mission that if anybody that we knew went through it, we would be there to support them. And one of the things that we remember is like in the days and at least a couple of weeks right after everybody is there, but it's the days and months following that initial push from people that become tough. Um, so we, we've kind of made it our, our mission, like, and I believe the Lord put this on our hearts to minister to those folks, um, you know, after everybody's gone, when the quiet moments hit and your whole world revolves around your child being in the hospital, um, you know, spending nights at the hospital, eating cafeteria food from the hospital, trying to figure out how you're going to get home and take a shower and change clothes and switch out with your wife and, um, we've just kind of made it, made it our mission to say, we're going to support those people after kind of after the, the support really stops, um, because people's lives go on. Um, but if you lost that child, it, it never really, like it goes on, but like, there's still that emptiness, that hole there. And for Ryan and Brooke, I know what it feels like. So, um, you know, my prayer has always been like, Lord, how can you use me in that situation? Like with Ryan and how can you use my wife with Brooke, um, just to help them because it's going to be a tough time and it's a tough road ahead. Yeah. If anybody wanted to just follow what we're talking about, you can just on any social media site, put in the hashtag Brady strong and you'll, you'll be able to read some of that story. I know John, we had told you some about it and you were able to catch up on a little bit of the story through social media and earlier in the week. Mm, yeah. And, you know, I, I obviously I, I did not know about it before, before then, but just catching up on it. Um, one of the things that, that I really, really appreciated was, was the support of the entire community and um, just seeing people rally around them. I think one of the things that, um, we really de-emphasize or don't really realize the importance of, and I think you mentioned it was, is the ministry of presence. A lot of people don't necessarily know what to do. It's like, we have this Martha mentality, like I need to do, 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 do something. And it's like, just be here. Give me a solution. Give me somewhere where I can just vent. Um, and, you know, Jewish culture really understood that in scripture. Um, and as people who um, are grafted into God's people, we have to learn that ourselves too. Um, learning how to just be without saying, without, you know, because we're always doing something. But at some point, you just have to just be present. And the person who is grieving appreciates that more than anything else, than anything else. And, uh, you know, I've learned that even in my personal life when I, you know, lost my niece, my mom lost her dad. I, I wrestled with that. I was like, what am I going to do when I get back? And it was just like, just be, 
And when I got home and I just sat with my mom, she was weeping. But she really told me after that, she said, look, I just really appreciated you being there. And, um, you know, anytime tragedy hits, anytime something like this happens and, um, you know, I don't know them personally, but I'm also, you know, praying for you guys and praying that what you're just talking about, both of you, that that your ministry of presence really helps them um, in this time of trouble. Not only just the first couple of weeks, but months down the road um, next year when this time comes around. So um, that's my prayer. Um, you know, I'm just going it, to, it's interesting that you said that just be, um, and I was going to save this for like the end when we were talking about what were we reading. And, uh, but I really just feel like it's confirmation from the Lord. Like when you said just be, because Sunday at church, um, Brian Fitzgerald, um, spoke on just being, um, just being there without the noise of, you know, social media or phones or whatever, but just being there, being in the presence of the Lord, being in the presence of all of his beauty and majesty and, and, and the people that he created. Um, I think that's more powerful than we'll ever realize to just be. Uh, and that's really kind of been my focus. So once you said that, John, like I just really felt like that was confirmation. Like, okay, like the Lord truly is speaking and saying like, no, like sometimes it's okay. Just be. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen. Um, see, last, is there anything else that's like really, uh, you know, been on your heart in terms of what you're reading, what you're listening to, things that have really helped you um, through all of this? Yeah. So um, one thing I try to do is um, with all of this stuff is just use social media as a as just a platform to be back in real relationship with people just to make it a springboard. And so I've kind of said like, Hey, if you're wrestling with any of these issues, man, like all this stuff, whether it's local with Brady or it's kind of what's going on in Orlando, if there's some part of that and you just want to go grab coffee and talk about it, like what Christians, how Christians grapple with this stuff, you want to go get coffee, the coffee's on me, but I've kind of been listening to some stuff on suffering and evil. Um, and by Robbie Zacharias at a Veritas forum that was at John Hopkins and Tim Keller uh, preaching through the book of Job, which was just excellent. Um, both of them have been great resources. And um, one thing that I've read this week um, that was kind of cool was Jay Hartman just kind of put his uh, heart and soul into a blog, which was really cool. Um, and I remember so much of it is just talking about like how God has used basketball and his passion for basketball in his life. And since we were college basketball teammates, I've seen so much of that. And it's been um, it was just really cool to read it from his perspective, all laid out, looking back at what God had done. So that was really cool for me. Um, so one thing that I think I, I would mention that I, I read last week um, and read and been and read twice in the past week was um the victim statement in the Stanford rape case where Brock Turner got what, six months in prison. And, um, she read this statement in court at his sentencing just to kind of let him know the impact that that moment of pleasure for him had, um, on her, you know, just, 
it's been it, it was a tough read but it was such a great read to help you understand what rape does for anyone i mean male or female um and she she just laid out just the difficulties of being in the dark alone and you know knowing that he took a piece of her and it was tough to read but it was also something that i felt like helped me understand um why um, this is so important for a lot of people to know that you know women's lives and bodies matter and men's lives and bodies matter and you can't chalk that up to just 20 minutes of action as his father said amen that it amen. really 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 has an impact on the victims in these cases and i just continue to to pray that she's restored you know grateful for those two swedish students who were there um to kind of help but you know just just tore me up reading that so i would encourage anyone else to read it anyone who's been on the fence about you know this stanford swimmer swimmer who was all american olympic candidate um getting punished so bad i think after you read it you may understand why um this was more real than than some people would like to even admit so um we'll definitely keep uh, put a link in the show notes so that you guys can check that out all right that's been episode eight of the boxing one podcast again we appreciate you guys joining us every week and if you don't mind we would appreciate if you go to itunes and rate the podcast leave us a review if you enjoyed it and we definitely look forward to uh to seeing you uh being with you next week and we'll see you guys then peace out <laughs>